Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today is our 13th day in the readings of Jesus' life and teachings. And we're in John 20. It's going to be a pretty action-packed uh, few few verses here. It's not a real long chapter. It's only 31 verses, unlike some of the others that we've recently been reading that are 75. But it covers a lot, and it's incredibly important. So with that, I'm just going to open us with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your words. I thank you for the opportunity to speak your words. And I just pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us, open our hearts and our minds, and tell us what you want us to hear. I just pray that your wisdom, your guidance, would be what's imparted to us, your message, and that you would be honored and glorified, that you would be the one that we are hearing, and that we would truly take to heart what you want us to know and take away from this. I just pray for your guidance and your help in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're, we're going to cover off on a lot of different pieces here and parts of the final, final part of the story, um, of the crucifixion story. Um, I, and I hate that word story. It makes it seem like, you know, Huckleberry Finn is a story. This is the retelling of what actually happened. This is the relaying of fact. And so it's much more than a story. So with that, verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple, so here John is really trying to not name himself, but is naming himself. Um, For whatever reason, he's just not naming who it is that's going with Peter, and then ultimately with Mary. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along, right behind him, and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He went, He saw and believed. So the linen hadn't been unwrapped and thrown in a pile. It was all laying there as if suddenly the body just wasn't there anymore. They still did not understand from from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. So I think it's pretty pretty interesting and encouraging. You know, here they are. They've spent 3 years with Jesus. They traveled all over the area. He performed miracles and he told them, I'm going to be killed. I am going to be buried and I'm going to be raised again. And yet they still didn't understand it, which gives me hope because I'm just a dude. I'm just a guy. And half the time, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. I don't understand what God's telling me to do. 
and he must be looking at me and thinking, come on, dude, get it, get it together. Understand. <laughs> it's not that complex. I'm being pretty, pretty clear. But anyway, so it gives me hope that these disciples struggle <laughs> and yet here I am, I'm struggling too. So maybe they can, you know, God can use me for something. Um, anyway, so it, their, their lack of understanding and clarity always gives me hope because <laughs> he did great things with them. And so there's some hope that he could use me for something anyways. So verse 11, now Mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus's body had been one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? This part's awesome. Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. So... She thinks he's the, he's the gardener. So, I mean, it's, it's again, one of those examples of, I feel like I'm blind at times. I'm not understanding what God's telling me. And yet, here's Mary. Here's the disciples. I mean, the disciples come, see the tomb is empty, and they're like, all right, well, nothing to see. And they left. <laughs> and then Mary's there. She's crying. She's upset, obviously. They're all upset. And she sees two angels. And then she turns around, sees some other guy, and immediately, instead of thinking something that maybe he's another angel at the very least, oh, hey, he's the gardener. Hey, where'd you put God? Where'd you put my Savior? Where'd you put the Jesus's body? You know, I'll go get it for you. Um, <clears throat> it's just interesting, but it just shows people are, when we get wrapped up in things, we just don't see. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned to him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbanai which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. So right there, God is our Father. Just as he's Jesus' Father, he's ours. Just as he's our, his God, he's our God. We are part of the family we are if jesus is saying he's his father and he, he's in his father and his father's in him then right here he's saying to my father and your father which means that god's in us and jesus is in us mary magdalene went to the disciples with the news i have seen the lord and she told them what told them that he had said these things to her verse 19 on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. I love how his first words are peace. Peace be with you. It must have been pretty scary for them. Their leader had been crucified and killed. They thought he was going to rule. He thought he was, they were the, he was the Messiah in, in the Jewish traditions. So often they thought, oh yeah, Jesus is going to, or you know, the Messiah is going to come and kick butt. He's going to kick everyone's butt 
and he's going to rule for a thousand years. And here he was crucified. And they're like, um, we were his followers. We're probably in danger. So they all have their, their doors locked as they meet together. And yet he says, peace be with you. Because they need that. They need to hear that. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. He sounds kind of pissed. Like, hey, I followed this guy for three years. I thought he was the Messiah. He's going to come and establish his rule for thousands of years or a thousand years. And he, he didn't. He wasn't what, you know, what I thought he was. And he sounds mad. He also sounds kind of like when I think it was Peter said, oh, yeah, hey, you know, Jesus, if you uh, you've done some cool things, but if you show us the father, then we'll believe it sounds it's kind of the same. Right. And I'm thankful that here's an example of someone who might be upset that he devoted his life and now he's potentially being persecuted and hunted. And it was in his potential, potentially in his opinion, not right. Now, I'm just guessing at this, but I'm reading this and I'm thinking, hmm, that might be why he's behaving that way. But then Jesus didn't sit there and just jump right right into, you know, he could have just appeared and said, okay, here you go, Thomas. No, he waits. Verse 26, a week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, again, they're still in hiding. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So all the people going forward weren't fortunate enough to watch Jesus in person touch someone and heal them to in person raise someone from the dead as the 12 did and all the followers the purpose of John's gospel so verse 30 Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So Jesus continued to perform miracles, apparently. But then there were also ones that John didn't record in the Bible, in his, in his epistle. But they still happen. These are just a snapshot, really, to give us insight so that we could see understand what Jesus did, and then believe and have everlasting life. So I thank God for that. I thank him for his, his word. And I just pray that we, would, we will have received what he wanted us to receive. 
So I'm going to stop with a word of prayer. Father God, thank you. Thank you so much for who you are, the creator of the world, of the universe, and of all things. And yet you took time to ensure that I had a, a book to read, I had examples to see and follow, that I had a roadmap for my life, and that you chose people like me, doubters, angry people, blind people, those who should see and don't, and yet you use them to change the world. And I'm grateful for that. I thank you that Jesus obeyed, obeyed you and your will, and loved me enough to die for me on the cross. And I thank you that he was raised again, and my sins are forgiven forever. My sins are forgiven for the past, the present, and my future sins have all been wiped away. And I thank you for that. I just lift up this time. I pray that our hearts and our minds would be open to you. You would speak to us, and that our we would get what you you're hear what you're saying. We would hear it, and we we would know your voice. It's in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Have a great day.